about the CW's Riverdale that just wants a bite of that sweet, sweet maple-soaked alien. I'm Alex. But is this Riverdale after dark, or is this River Bucks after dark? A podcast strikingly similar to the original podcast, but different in, well, it's fake is what it is. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we're going to be talking about Chapter 83, Fire in the Sky, the latest episode of Riverdale. Now, to wait, kick wait. It- 38, not 83. Nope. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I messed it up. Oh, okay. Yeah. My fault. Wait, did you watch chapter 38? Uh, no, no. I just, uh, <laughs> I guess I have dif- Dick's less, uh, uh, you know, mixed up the numbers there. So. <laughs> Sorry. Stress, uh, I wrote it down backwards. It's all Strong good. It's, Yogi just, it's particularly confusing because chapter 38 is water in the ground. Ooh. I'm nice. glad I brought it up then. Yeah, yeah, which is the opposite of fire in the sky. One of my uh, favorite right. episodes where they've dug that well. Mm-hmm. The Love well up. Yeah. And then Archie got tracked down there, and then Vegas had to come in and rescue him. Yeah. Good times. Exactly. Help. Archie's trapped in the well. The dog said out loud in English. Anyway, <laughs> Fire in the Sky is a reference to one of the most famous, quote unquote, true life alien abduction stories. So that's what we're finally dealing uh. with here. Finally. After five seasons, aliens have come to Riverdale. But let's do a recap of how we got here, because there's a bunch of stuff going on. Archie is trying to save the town of Riverdale from Hiram Lodge, who at first seemed to be just doing a regular old real estate scam, building a ritzy community called Sodale next door, plowing through Riverdale in order to get that money. As we find out this episode, there's a little bit more going on both with him and with his henchman, Reggie Mantle. But Archie's trying to save it any way he can, first with Riverdale High. In this episode, he is gunning directly for the fire department that's also been shut down. Also important to note that in town, there used to be a social services department, which we officially find out Tony worked for this episode, but that doesn't exist as well. Basically, Riverdale is a trash heap. The kid, former kids oh, are come now... On, man. Well, it is a trash heap. They're trying to make it's, it better. It smells so bad, as we learned today in this episode. It smells like a corpse, man. Which makes sense because there's a, Sw- uh, yeah, a, swamp a lot corpse. of corpses. Yeah, yeah, there's a swamp yeah. literally slathered with corpses. Well, I'm yeah, going exactly. fishing in corpse swamp for some good old sardines. <laughs> you guys want to come over for lunch? So that's what Archie's doing. He's also working with the RROTC since he was in the Army during the seven-year time jump. Uh, he This doesn't come up this episode, but he's been doing a little bit of a friends with benefits thing with Betty but striking his friendship, emphasis on friendship for the moment, though I'm sure we'll get into it, with Veronica back up at the same time. Oh, now, Veronica yeah, yes. is teaching economics at the high school. She is also trying to start up a jewelry store in the former site of the Blue Velvet video store. And she is married to a chode named Chad. So there you go. <laughs> wow. Chodwick. I believe his name is Chodwick. Uh, 
Betty is in the <laughs> FBI. She had been traumatized by being captured by a serial killer named the Trash Bag Killer over the course of two weeks. Came out of that. She, is, sorry, is an FBI trainee. That's kind of important to mention. Had a flirtation, kind of light dating thing going on with a guy named Glenn back there. Glenn. Who she left her cat, Toffee, with. We got to talk about that later oh, because man. what's going on with Toffee? Yes, that's where the who focus knows? is. Who's feeding the cat? I mean, come on. Well, a lot of times you can get those feeders where it just feeds the cat by itself. For <laughs> we like... talking about Back to the Future feeder? That didn't look like it was working. That's that how well. you end up with a Garfield, the original <laughs> fat cat. <laughs> <laughs> no one's questioning your Garfield um, originality. Uh, no, you just but you can feed them for the weekend, or in this case, um, six to seven years, like Betty's doing. <laughs> yeah. What? So Betty is at Riverdale, and the big thing she is concerned with beyond teaching shop at Riverdale High, which again doesn't come up this episode, is she is investigating the disappearance of her sister Polly. They thought maybe they found her in Swedlow Swamp last episode. We saw last saw her on the show, though Betty doesn't know this, being chased by a trucker um, or maybe running away from the trucker. Kind of unclear, or at least we don't necessarily know all the facts yet. Or it could be an alien driving a truck. We don't know at this point. 100%. All all options are on the table. It could be some sort of maple tree. It's like, I want my syrup back driving, uh, running loose. (laughs) So Polly is missing. Alice and Kevin has been kind of helping out, trying to track her down. They found the body the last episode, which is pretty nerve wracking. As we find out pretty quickly this episode, that is not Polly. So Polly is still out there, presumably somewhere. On to Cheryl and Tony. Cheryl and Tony have been... Having a little bit of a war thing going on here, oh, or man. at least Tony, this is the theory we H-B-I-C. talked about in the last episode, and I think it comes to bear, to bear here. Tony has been manipulating Cheryl, because Cheryl yes. has trapped herself in Thornhill. She's in, got involved in an art forgery scam. Don't put that on Tony. No, Tony is enacting a plan to get Cheryl out of Thornhill. Back. Out, yes. out of it. Yes. Okay, right. yes. Out into the world. Not Tony trapped her in Thornhill, Pete. No. You're turning well, that's it backwards what he made it again. Yeah. Oh, yeah that's right. Tony is trying to get her out. Tony restarted the Vixens, which Cheryl found out about. It was pretty pissed off about. And we'll get into some other things with that later. Uh, the last thing you should probably know about is Jughead. Jughead is working at Pops as well as working as an English teacher at the school. He's become friendly with Tabitha Tate, who is Pop Tate's granddaughter, who has taken over Pop Steiner since Pop retired from the hard, hard diner life. Uh, those diner, you get those diner knees from standing too I mean, long. Yeah, he's standing at a grill all day long, oh, making burgers nonstop for Jughead. So there Pop you go. looks good, though. He looks chill. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. Tabitha and Jughead as well, uh, or as we all call them here, uh, Tabhead on the show. Jughead. I think we're a Jughead podcast, really. I think this is a Tabhead podcast. <laughs> this is a Tabhead Jughead. Bye bye. They've been working together to track down stories about the Mothmen, weird aliens who may or may not be real, who people have been seeing throughout the history of Riverdale, and we really get into it this episode. So that all said, why don't we really get into it, kicking off on the cliffhanger of the last episode. Let me just say real quick. Yeah. This is the first true boilerplate episode of Riverdale. This is the true what? Riverdale episodes are back, baby. Because the the whole all the episodes in this season were doing so much or so much emotional thing. There was like it, everything felt like amazing but different. 
This episode, and here's here's how you tell if it's a true. What are you talking about? Here's how you tell if it's a true episode of Riverdale. If anyone who doesn't watch this show said, "Oh, Riverdale, could you explain to me one <laughs> one plot you line of Riverdale?" Every episode, man. Every episode. You no, but say I, that. I think Justin's right. The past couple of episodes, and we've talked about this, and I've loved this since the time jump in particular, have been so focused and felt so different. Yeah. This was an episode of Riverdale. I don't think that's necessarily no. a bad thing oh, because we God, love no. the TV show Riverdale. Hundred percent. This is not a criticism at all. It's just saying that's how you know it's the, the show is back because if someone's like, so wait, what's going on with Veronica? I loved her in the comics. It's like, oh, she's um, she invented fake money that she then um, lost because a child counterfeited. She's a child, but she's an adult now. And a child in her class counterfeited money, and that was sort of she thought it was her dad doing it, but it actually was her because she cast in a Glamourge egg, which is like a Fabergé egg, but it's a Glamourge egg in this universe for $50,000. She also has money to buy a fire truck despite the fact that she gave away all her money. doesn't have any money anymore. This fake money ended up blowing up in her face, but her class is going to make it back like cleaning up um, the alleyway. My favorite example of this is Jughead, which he's been doing, mind you, the past couple of episodes, being very aware that he is in a TV show called Riverdale, commenting on it all episode long. He's like, this is stupid. This is ridiculous. When his plot line was about an alien that was in a maple syrup barrel. A hundred percent. So I'll, that's no, all to all say, right, Riverdale's back, baby. Let's do this. Okay. Okay. Well, first off, I I, I want to say that I've been j- enjoying the new focused, maybe a little slower paced show that doesn't have like eighteen cliffhanger. Like, what are you talking about? Uh, before uh, like a commercial break, like I I I don't know. Like I liked the other episodes. This was just complete insanity from start to finish. I mean, there were so many times where I'm like. Losing it. I mean, okay, yes. we'll get into it. But I, I just say like, hey, the show can be whatever it needs to be. It doesn't have to be like, you know, f- you know, gas pedal to the floor, fucking complete insanity. All gas, or- no breaks, baby. I see. So you want just a forty-two minute um, Barchi shower scene? Got it. Next episode. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Got you. I guess Pete, we agree on one thing: longer, nope. full episode <laughs> no. shower scenes. It's tricky to place the commercials, but you figure it out. I don't want to do too many spoilers, but next week's episode is actually titled Chapter 84. We're very pruny. Yeah. <laughs> Chapter 84. Ooh, I got it raisin is... fingers. Okay, so for being the, the wallpaper's so peeling. <laughs> We're out of soap. Chapter 85. <laughs> Luckily, there were fire extinguishers around. Uh, and, you know, let's Oh, you, start you're getting it back on track, Pete? Yeah, come on. Okay. Too much Barchi talk. Pete panics and starts talking about the episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, if you want to talk about fire, let's talk about Barchi's chemistry, Pete. I mean, no. for real, come that, on, ooh, man. That you can't. That's put that what's fire causing out. the fires around town, Barchi. No, <laughs> I mean you are the the Jughead moment of like him looking at RG being like, "All right, I know where this is going. You saw a picture of a family member doing something. Now this is going to be your whole life." Yeah, love that reaction. Love Jughead, honestly, in this episode. Truly. Oh, yeah. This new hangdog Jughead who's like, I have no patience for anything, is very fun. He has real big pandemic uh, lockdown vibes. He's just like, (laughs) yeah, I don't know, man. What are you doing? Go ahead. I got a drink. I need a drink. (laughs) Someone give me fake money so I can drink at a bar. Um, And I loved this this moment where Archie's like, I was thinking about fire, and obviously it's so hot. Um, We should should put those out. And I feel like because of my red hair, I feel like I can fight fires because of red, red versus red. <laughs> and Jughead's like, yep, go get him, soldier. <laughs> yeah, have a good time. 
Uh, so yeah, Artie, uh, he is inspired by Artie. He knows that somebody at the fire department back in the day when his grandfather was there is still around. We meet that character later on. Um, also, little note about this. Jughead's line, oh, geez, I know where this is going, was not actually about the fire department. It was about thinking, oh, he's going to go punch Hiram Lodge again. But a lot of this episode. Wait, wait, wait. How do you know that? Because that's the conversation that followed that line. And based on the visual cues given to me by the characters. I felt like it was, I know you're going to just start being like, I'm going to be a fireman. I thought that's what it was. That's what I thought when he said the line. But it was actually about going for Hiram, and then Archie clarified that he wasn't even going for Hiram. Veronica was going to go do it, which yeah. Jughead thought was interesting. Again, commenting on the show, being like, oh, what's happened? Varchie's starting up again? What's going on here? Yeah. Which, Endgame? <laughs> Varchie Endgame? You going to say that in this episode? What are we thinking? And that's how it played throughout the episode. I actually really like this arc for Archie throughout here where he's like, no, I can't keep doing the same patterns every time. I can't just get triggered by this, run into Hiram Lodge's office and punch him in the face. We have to do them differently. Instead, Veronica does it. Yeah. And he also was like, I can't keep doing the same things. So I confront a problem. I'm going to assemble a group of teenager boys to try to help me solve it. And it's going to blow up in my face yet again before it's later saved by Veronica buying something. (laughs) There you go. Uh, But still fun. At least at least they're trying. That's all you can do when you're growing up. So then we go over to Dr. Colonel Jr. Big Dr. Colonel Jr. episode. He reveals that the body in the swamp is three years old. To clarify that statement, the body is not three years old. It has been Mm. in the swamp for three years. Important distinction. And again, one, that's why you bring in Dr. Colonel. Because he's like, this preserved it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This body like is pickling. three years old. To be clear, it's, like, it's not a three-year-old body. The body has been there for three years. All right, cut. Um, Dr. Kirtle, you don't need to say all that. You just say the lines that are in the script. We don't need all the... I know we I, hired an actual... I brought my mortician. own bodies. <laughs> you know? <Dr>. From <laughs> oh home. Okay, that's a wrap for the day. We got we to gotta change a lot of this stuff. <laughs> all right, I'll go to sleep right here then. <laughs> no, you have a home, right, Dr. Kirtle? Oh, you sleep in the morgue. On this the is slab. my home. Well, anyway, that's a fun scene. Uh, but we find out that it's not Polly. It's another body. It's also, uh, as we find out later on, not, wait, what was her name? Margaret. Margaret. Harper. Margaret Hampton, I think. Harper. 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 There we go. Um, but we want to find out who it is. Alice says, I'm going to go over to the swamp. Veronica confronts Hiram about the arson. She says, this time's it's personal, which is very okay. different from the previous times. Now, we got to stop right there yeah, and got to talk about it. How is this time personal? I mean, literally <laughs> last time, uh, he well, not the last time, like 80 times before this, he tried to murder her boyfriend, Archie. How was that not personal? Like, how is this? There was like... There's family feuds, like somebody came up from Miami, and there was a lot of backstabbing going on. How is that not personal? There was literally, he had another daughter that he was going to let take over. The, how is that not personal? I mean, you're right, Pete. Most things on this show are pretty personal. Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> that's just an insane line to say. 
I agree with you on that, uh, but we did get another Veronica versus Hiram storyline, and at least there was a good twist by the end here, which I appreciated. Yes, the twist that they both had evil deaths that had money piled on it, was that the twist? That was I did like twist. that, cutting from, this is later in the episode, but cutting from Veronica's pile of fake money to Hiram's pile of real money. Like, you're just yeah. a bunch of Scrooge McDucks hanging around. Oh my god, that's, it's, I don't want to watch Veronica turn into her father. This is upsetting. Uh, I'm sorry, you don't understand this television program then. Uh, real quick on Dr. Curdle, I like the end of that scene. He's uh, Betty's like, hey, can you just wait on cremating this body? And he's like, no, I have a thousand bodies here. It's a slow day. I have to cremate everything. No evidence. It's for my YouTube channel called no. Can You Cremate This? It's always bodies, though. (laughs) Anyway, then we go and meet the old fire chief. His name is Chief Russell. A very clear reference to Pete. Russell Athletic Wears? I don't know what you're talking (laughs) about. I thought you would get this one. No, it was a reference to Kurt Russell, star of Backdraft. Classic fireplace movie. There was a lot of Backdraft. We get a lot of Backdraft Yeah, Yeah, there was a lot of Backdraft. That's hilarious. Yeah. Chief Russell, I did not put that together. There you go. Uh, So we're going to see him going forward as we find out by the end of the episode, but he's not into restarting the fire department because Hiram Lodge firebombed the fire department. Which honestly seems like if any place could deal with a firebombing, it's a fire department. I would wow, say. Alex wow, calling out the fire fired. department. Come on, man. Well, would you rather have that fire department or Archie's rogue child fire department? <laughs> he does created? immediately suggest he's like, well, I guess we could just start a fire department out of the gym. I see no problems with that. Nope, no problems there. I feel like any any town has several rogue fire departments um, boiling up. <laughs> just any time there's a fire showing up in their regular cars with squirt guns and little mm-hmm. buckets. I was in Crunch the other day, and there was a fire department. You were not in Crunch. Real, real no, quick, you were in Crunch? We'll read Sorry, it. I meant Crunch Wrap Supreme. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I was in Crunch means you uh, went to Taco Bell, essentially, right? <laughs> yes, 100%. Hey, I'm, I'm just talking by this Crunch here. I think I got one of your envelopes. Is this some sort of, um, what, do people come here to uh, sweat? Like, what, are, what are all these contraptions over here you're laying down on and pushing the metal parts around? <laughs> uh, let's go over to Tony and Cheryl's storyline. This one was uh, kind of removed from the others. I mean, they were all kind of removed from each other, but uh, Tony is coaching the Vixens. Cheryl comes in. She is angry. I love Makes a Cheryl entrance. Come on. It was a good Cheryl entrance, and I liked the mix of emotions on Madeline Patch's face when she was coming in there. It was angry, but also clearly nervous because she hasn't been outside in a really long time. Um, but she comes in and says, the bitch is back in town, challenges Tony to a dance-off. Tony says, a I'm dance-off. pregnant. And again, great delivery on the line. Oh, does that mean you forfeit? Yeah. yeah. Very funny. Ice cold. I mean, to your point, Alex, I really like um, uh, the Cheryl, Madeline Petra's performance here because it's like she's doing, she is, she is Cheryl, she's doing Cheryl, but there's a little hesitancy almost because she's mm-hmm. been out of the Cheryl game for a while. And if we can, t- I, we can probably talk about this whole storyline at once. It's sort of one thing. Like, over the course of it, you really see her and Tony's plan come to fruition of having Cheryl confront all these competing things happening in her and how she's never really dealt with all these like wildly traumatic things in her life. So you have her just being like 
acting the part but never dealing with all the fallout like you get her referencing when the vixens are like in practice like you're like the porcelain doll that's been possessed by my dead brother's ghost like yo (laughs) this is not the place to say that (laughs) yeah yeah what what did you think about the storyline pete well first off um the dance off was was glorious, and I I really liked how Tony's eyebrow went up when she was watching uh, Cheryl dance. That made my heart warm. And you can say I'm, it. She looked at Cheryl's butt and she liked it. That was a very clear shot. Well, whatever. I'm just saying it was nice to see Tony. Uh, you know what Tony wants, and it's it's so hard to see them fighting like yeah. this. But I also really appreciate uh, Tony going through it to get Cheryl out of that evil place and back into the light where, you know, where she needs to be. So like, it's nice to see Tony fighting for Cheryl, but I need Cheryl to stop fighting Tony. And I, the, the, the yelling at each other stuff was just, I I wrote down, please stop fighting. This hurts. I, so a couple of quick things about the storyline that we have sort of touched on, but maybe have not completely touched on yet. One, just wanted to call out uh, the star vixen, the one who challenged uh, Madeline, Madeline Patch, Cheryl, Cheryl in Tony's stead, came in as her uh, second, uh, was AC Bonifacio, who's a Filipino dance Instagram star. She's been on Ellen dancing on there and various things. So that was super fun. Also, personally, and I think this was purposeful, uh, but she won. Like, the Vixen, yeah. in my mind, won. You could see the effort that Cheryl was going through to pull out these moves. So that was interesting to see. And it was interesting to see, like, them allow Cheryl to kind of lose in this scene. Um, and then on the fight scene later, I thought that was great. Like, yeah. really, to your point, Pete, very hard to watch. I don't like watching Tony yell at Cheryl. That's not fun. But everything Tony said was 100% on the mark for everything that Cheryl has been doing. And it needs to be said. This has always been the plot line that the two of them have gone through. And this is a more mature version of it, appropriate for the time jump, where they just don't talk. Like, they go through these problems and they don't connect. It's killing me. And then Cheryl just says she's hurt instead of, like, talking about what Tony just said to her. You know? It's just like, oh. But I would say, like, Cheryl, like, Cheryl didn't talk before. They didn't talk before either. Like, Cheryl would be like, here's mm-hmm. the series of things I'm thinking. And Tony would be like, oh, Cheryl, that's a bad idea or that's way too intense. And she'd be like, okay. And then they would just go about. So, like, I think this is the really first time they're really confronting this stuff in general. Which is great. I mean, I think we're still on a path to get them back together. It's going to take a while, potentially, to get there. But... The they are hopefully as characters going to be in a more mature, better place when they get back together. And Cheryl isn't there yet. She's been in Arrested Development, stuck in this house for seven years. She hasn't grown up in the way the same way that Tony has, where she's been saving the town. She was a social worker. She's lived this whole life while Cheryl has been in stasis this entire time. Um, so I'm excited to watch it. It's hard to watch. <laughs> it hurts in the right way, uh, but I think it's going really well. Yeah. Back to Veronica and Archie. They get coffee at the school. Pete, another shout out to you. You must have been excited about this. Well, yeah, it's funny, too, because it's like they're in the teacher's lounge, you know what I mean? Um, So it's just like it's fun to see them being like teachers on a break in between classes, like, you know, just kind of chatting it up. I was specifically referring to the Katie Keene stuff that came up because you love Katie Keene. 
Yeah. yeah, this was this was very classic, like Archie being like, so I'm going to be a fireman now. And uh, Veronica be like, OK, great. I can set this up. I know a guy will have this happen. Da, 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 da. But like also it was great to see him from Katie Keene. Uh, it was exciting. Um, and like he kn- knows his stuff. It was really funny. And then also backdraft reference uh, that he yep. dropped there. So, yeah, I uh, yeah, I thought it was cool. And also it's just sad. Katie Keene. So important part of Riverdale, and it's just, you know, sad that we don't have the back and forth. So I I have a question for you guys. The way that Veronica describes Bernardo, who shows up in this episode to train the firefighters, is my best friend Katie Keene's roommate, Jorge, his ex-boyfriend is a New York firefighter. Yeah. How many people do you know offhand that you could call that far removed? Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Well, it's Veronica. You know what I mean? Like she gets a wider net than uh, most people. But I think is there any best friend of yours you could call and be like, hey, could I talk to your roommate real quick? No, no, no. Not roommate. Can I talk to your roommate's ex-boyfriend? Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm even just saying even best friend's roommate is sort of Mm -hmm. a dicey thing. (laughs) Right. Right. Like how many? How no, many? You don't agree. You're not. You're not on board. I, with if that. I called a, a good friend of mine and was like, "Yo, dude, can I talk to your roommate?" I don't think that would be an issue. Be like, "Here, you pass the phone over." I don't even let you talk to my wife, and she's technically my roommate. That's yeah, that's well. true. And also, Alex, I, again, please stop saying that to her. She's got to pay the rent. I don't know <laughs> what's going on. She hasn't oh done her God. half of the chore wheel recently. <laughs> oh wow, that's uh, you're you're a tough customer. Yeah, yeah well, I can't even. That's imagine. what that's what marriage is. Yeah, no, no, it's not being a Nothing, tough customer. When I proposed, <laughs> I didn't use a diamond ring. I used a tiny chore wheel, <laughs> <laughs> like a romantic. Uh, she so spin it and it lands with a ring. Oh yeah, go I love ahead, go all ahead. this. All this New York fighter. Wait, fighter I got stuff. chore wheel questions. Yes, um, all this New York fighter fighter stuff is so funny to me because. Um, it's they treat it like he's from New York City, you know where fires go to make it on Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny to me. And then Bernardo's like, "Yeah, I guess you just, you know, you see a fire and you put put it out." Uh, all right. Oh, if uh, <laughs> if you guys could take those ropey things that I don't really understand and kind of flip them up in the air for a while, that would be cool too. That would train you. But just have Archie do that. Yeah. Uh, yes. Loved seeing Bernardo, though. Very fun for him to show up. I hope they do more stuff like that. But then we go over to Veronica in this plot line that we kind of touched on earlier. She has an idea to bolster the economy, recruits her students, comes up with a fake counterfeit form of money called River Dollars that she's going to use and sells a Glamour egg to pay for it. $50,000 and then distributes it. And I love that throughout the episode, they're like, yeah, you could spend it literally anywhere. You could spend it at Pops. You could spend it at the Bijou. Dot, where dot, else, dot, where dot, else would you need money? Yeah. Well, I mean, as it turns out later on, Jughead finds it out. You could also spend it at the White Worm, and that's pretty much it. Uh, but this is ludicrous. Uh, what do you think about this? And Archie does this as well essentially recruiting free labor out of the high school to do all of their stuff. Yeah. That, well, that's again, like this episode is so wild in so many ways. Like they, everyone's up to their old tricks so intensely. Um, it is very on, uh, on in the world, in the world out there to have them do be doing this. So like, I think I, we both expect it, but if you po- poke your head out of Riverdale for one second, you're like, Hey, that's weird. <laughs> uh, also, like, 
the we haven't even reached the crazy part of the episode. You know what I mean? Like there's all this madness going on, and we really haven't even gotten into the real crazy. We haven't even gotten up to the Riverdale logo yet. Yes, <laughs> that's a great point. We so should have a there. special. We should have a special sound effect that pops on our show when we finally hit the Riverdale logo, the Riverdale After Dark logo. Yeah, it should be a, a sound cue. We should get the guy who plays Doctor Curdle to say, "You did it." Yeah. Oh, that is so. Congratulations! Is wow, you're pretty good at that. You are. You I don't have like a, you, you, do you have big Doctor Curdle energy, by the way, Alex. Yeah. Thank you so much. Me and Nicholas <laughs> Witchell are peas in a pod. Jughead found a Mothman article, shows it to Tabitha. Also, there was another incidence of this that he found where there's some lights in the sky. Turns out, as we find out, and this shocks Tabitha. Pop Tate was an eyewitness to some potential alien activity. Then we go over to another homecoming. Jackson, Archie's old army buddy, shows up at his house with a gun, says, yeah. hey, he's going to go to some VA over housing. His shoulder. He needs help, but he wanted to come and say hello first. And then we jump over to Betty talking to Dr. Curdle again, finds Margaret Harper disappeared, but there's no braces on the missing girl, so they don't know what it is. And Betty says, three's a pattern. Three is a pattern. Three's True. Three's a crowd. I don't know yeah. about a pattern. Is that really FBI training? Like, if there's one dead person, ah, nobody cares, right? Two bad people, nah, not, not even worth checking out. Oh, well, now it's a pattern. I, as an FBI agent, now have to care. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so that's true. That's how it works. Congratulations. Oh, You're an FBI that's, agent now. We, we are one, technically, we're a pattern. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> Think don't about tell that. Betty she's going to come after us. Yeah, yeah, don't tell Betty is right. Then we go to one of, and this is a weird thing to say, but one of my favorite scenes of the episode, because Archie <laughs> goes to the White Worm, brings Jackson to meet the guys. And he's like, hey, yeah. hey, Jackson, this is the guys. And the guys are uh, here we go. Fangs, Kevin, some other guys that we've yep. never seen before. <laughs> never met. Never These met. are the new guys. These don't are some new guys. Don't get referred to in any way. One of them is probably off camera the entire time and just a hand holding a beer, but they're yep. the guys. These are the guys. Kevin, Fanks, the cameraman, um, the director, <laughs> Roberto Garcicasa, <laughs> the guys from Riverdale After Dark. You in the audience. You right yeah. out there. <laughs> no, come on. Now, like, this is one of Kevin's, like, greatest lines. I almost wanted to look right in the camera when he said it. Like, yeah, Archie's, like, looking for a few good men, and then Kevin's, like, story of my life. Yeah, exactly. He speaks for all of us. To be clear with that line, since Blue Velvet went out of business, they don't have VHSs of A Few Good Men in Town anymore, and he hasn't been able to watch the movie or that classic Jack Nicholson speech in years. Yeah, he he can't handle the truth. So he talks to the guys, and they don't want to join his volunteer fire department. He's pretty bummed about that. Huge missed opportunity. Huge. They could have made so many river dollars off of that. Mm-hmm. Betty interviews Miss Harper. Margaret started going with the truckers. She doesn't know what happened to her. We also get the information, as mentioned earlier on this podcast, that Tony was a social worker and really helped Miss Harper, which Betty finds very interesting. Uh, and then we have a brief scene of Cheryl in school. We get an Elsa shout out. Justin, uh, I, I, had, I lit Elsa. up, lit right up for that. <laughs> Veronica talks to her, wants her to design some money, is what we find out later. Very interesting that Cheryl immediately drew a Archie comic style Veronica instead of the Veronica Lodge that she knows, but she gets whatever. 
we'll let it, we'll let it slide. Uh, Jackson then talks to the RROTC. Uh, he shows his missing leg. And of note, the actor actually is missing one leg in real life. That was not prosthetics or trick shot or anything like that. Um, and I really appreciated across the board how... Uh, even relative to everything else going on in the episode, how realistically they treated this storyline. I thought it was really nice, and I like the work that both of the actors did together. Yeah, I agree, especially later on in the episode. Like, this felt like, um, in the midst of so much chaos, this sort of, like, core of real emotional moments between the two of them. But that and the the Shoni Chopaz stuff, like, felt like the emotional... um, Tent poles that all the uh, counterfeit counterfeit money was flying around. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh man, the fake money thing just makes me kind of like mad because as an economics teacher, like the idea of it is interesting, but like there are cases like you know in Ithaca they had Ithaca hours when we were there in in college, uh, Zalbin, and like that did not work. You know, giving people money that they can only use in certain places is not kind of what money does. So like and the, we should say Pete and Alex famously went to college together. <laughs> Different right? colleges. Uh, just to Are you sp- sure about that? Uh, just to clarify, I'm the one who went to the Ivy League college. Oh he went God. to the other college. Fuck you. Also, on the note of Ithaca, the giving out uh, Ithaca hours. Thanks, and making up- Zalbin. Thanks uh, for yeah, that. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I mean, I should take some blame there as well. (laughs) Giving out the Ithaca hours to your point, though, Pete, that didn't work. But later on, the current mayor, when he started giving out free heroin, that did work. (laughs) It's not a joke. (laughs) Really? Yeah, they've come up with a program where they've given people safe spaces to use drugs. And they help them out. They give them methadone if they need. And they've seen a severe drop in actual drug use and deaths. In Ithaca, it's been sort of like this light for the entire country. Not to be totally serious about it, but there you I go. Think, I think you may be spoiling a future Jingle Jangle-based storyline on <laughs> yeah. Riverdale, Alex. Yeah. Ooh, sorry, guys. That's chapter 32. Yeah. We're going backwards. Yeah, when things start to go backwards, which is... We got a really fun r- line here where the ROTC asks if they can be part of the fire department. Uh, and he, Archie says, you've got school in football. And then the student says, all due respect, sir, so do you. He's like, fair point. I remember when I had 50 jobs in high school. Let's do this. <laughs> Veronica passes out her own money, tells the story of an Oregon town that passed out their own money. Not Ithaca. That was in upstate New York. Uh, but I believe that's actually a true story that she's telling there. Uh, and they're going to get paid by river dollars that funnel into the economy. We got a very quick scene of Betty coming home, finding Alice covered in mud. Completely Just she, covered. Alice is like, I don't know how Found- to search this swamp. I'll lay face down in it and see what I find with my <laughs> mouth. <laughs> Found the phone. Like of all the like, like things that tie up, like loose ends, like the phone. Really, like that was the you know, like oh man, the phone is still out there. Somebody better go get that phone. Well, now that they have Polly's phone, though, why don't they just call her? <laughs> whoa, whoa, wow! Is that who would answer that? Wait. Hold on. Never mind. I guess I didn't think that through. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you. Um, also, with the phone in the swamp. I don't know what you're going to pull off the swamp. A swamped phone. Even the apple is going to have some trouble with that. Yeah, you put in a little swamp rice, and that'll take it right out. Mm. <laughs> Having swamp the rice swamp for dinner. Then talks to Tony about Margaret Harper. There's a very nice slide here where Tony says, "There's a lot of Margarets in Riverdale." Oof. Um, I like that. Also made me briefly be like, wait, is she talking about that there's a lot of people named Margaret in there or what's going on here? But then I yeah. figured it out. 
Uh, Betty asks Tony for help searching the swamp. She offers up the serpents, which is great. Uh, and then we get actually one of the best scenes of the episode. Pop visits uh. with Jughead and Tabitha. Very briefly reminds us that he retired, which is nice and helpful. They've been doing a good job these past couple of episodes reiterating everybody's status quo. Yes. Uh, And Uh, he tells a flashback story. We get a young pop story. Young pop. Uh, The young pop chronicles. I wrote literally down the same thing. The young pop chronicles. Give us the spinoff. Young pop. That would be honestly great because I loved this whole story of Aliens Baby coming to Pop Stider. I assume it was just called Diner at that point because he wasn't pop. Okay. Uh, right. He comes out, and then we get a young yeah. Data Blossom as well who's there at the diner at the same time. And what do you guys think? Are you wait, shipping wait, wait. hashtag Papa Nana? Uh, Let's pa- find out Papa in season Nana. one of the Pop Chronicles. Papa Nana. All right, first Papa off, Nana. what are you saying maybe? They were shipped. Uh, 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 they, had, they had an alien in their possession for a little, a limited amount of time, how do you? How are you on the fence and saying maybe at this point? Hold on, I do actually have a theory about that. When we get to that point with the alien in the maple barrel, but we find out Nana Blossom was there. Then we go over to the firefighter training that we talked about earlier with Bernardo. We also get a montage of Veronica printing the money while the firefighters train. Veronica just literally tosses the money at her students. I don't know if we mentioned this, but part of the trade was she was going to pay them to build her jewelry store for. Yep. Yes. Yep. Great. Again, crossing a lot of parent-teacher uh, <laughs> or teacher-student lines here. Yeah, the, the parent-teacher conferences are going to be real weird. Oh, yeah. Man. Hey, I heard my son's been um, stocking blood diamonds in your uh, jewelry store. Now, there's another thing that's kind of played for laughs here, where Jughead says, why is Veronica printing Monopoly Buddy with her face on it? Very funny line. Mm-hmm. But Tabitha says you can you know, use it at any number of places, Pops. The diner, uh, those are the same places. Same place. Yeah. <laughs> or downstairs in the white room, but immediately Jughead runs downstairs and pays for it with some whiskey. Mm-hmm. There's a later on a moment where Tabitha very tentatively asks him, were you drinking after the whole alien? Because right. he like, was. Yeah, of course I was, and then moves on. This feels like this is going to be a bigger issue, Jughead's yeah. drinking. Did you get that? Well, Jughead... Uh, I think has an issue. He goes all into things. You remember his D and D problem or G and G problem? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like so. This is definitely going to be an issue for sure. Typewriters. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, yeah, it's going to be for sure an issue. But yes, I'm still I, waiting to hear how you don't think uh, aliens are a thing. We have a little while to get there. There's, we're only about a quarter way into the episode. So Alice, Kevin, Betty, and Tom are looking for Polly. Hiram comes in. Reggie oh. is a, has a shotgun, I think, oh, or a rifle. Shotgun Reggie. Yeah, Dressed in his finest swamp suit. Yep. And they shut them down. They say, no, this is private land. You can't be here. Betty tries to pull rank with the FBI. Even she that doesn't work. She has a jacket work. on. Doesn't work at all. Hiram yeah. says, put that badge back in your jacker crack box. Yeah, which I thought was fun. Um, it, it could have been a mistake or it could have been a choice. The way it just <laughs> slipped right off old Hiram's tongue. <laughs> well, we got one take of this, folks. We're running late on the schedule. Let's keep going. So then we go over to Tabitha and Jughead, another fun scene here with Nana. They're interviewing her. All right, you, she tells a whole story. What? Yeah, I, I just, I know as a journalist, you got to get to the story. But if someone's like, oh, just go talk to Grandma Nana, I'd be like, well, this is where the story ends. 
No way going to creepy grandma Nana's house where people are in the walls and shit. Oh, I couldn't believe that they both went there. I love how wildly this spins out of control, this entire story, because you expect her also to be like, yes, I remember being at the diner when I saw these lights, but nope, entirely different alien (laughs) that she found in the woods, took it back, put it in some maple syrup. Then other aliens came by her house and said, hey, where's our alien friend? And she's like, no, sorry, I had a cremated. Haven't heard of it. Dr. Kirtle did it. He also loved cremating, we assume, just like a son. They pass it on. It's a genetic trait. And, uh, yeah, she kept the alien and then asked Jughead and Tabitha if they want the alien, if they yeah. would like it. And they're like, no, thank you. And then she sends it later anyway. You know, she 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 makes good on her promises. And she's really great at just escalating. She takes something that's happening. She's like, oh, yeah, well, here it is nine times crazier than you ever thought possible. <laughs> well, that's the thing. When you go to, uh, to Nana's, you know, she's like, well, I got to get rid of a couple bodies anyway. So here, you take them. You're doing a story on it. Yeah. I mean, have you ever been to Grandma's house? There's all sorts of things in there. Oh, man. Yeah. Maple aliens, other things. So <laughs> if, you're, if you're preserving is, something, if you're preserving something, there's nothing better than some maple syrup. That must or, have been a that's a like nine thousand dollar amount of maple syrup that she oh, put absolutely. that alien. Or you, you use a box. I feel like we're I feel like we're going to go too far afield here. But one of my absolute favorite stories, and I'll go through very quickly from my food science class in college. I don't know if I mentioned I went to Cornell University and Ivy League College. Wait, wait, you went to Cornell class. and then took a food science class? Yes, I sure did. But one uh, of the, I think actually um, the theme song to this podcast mentions that you went to Cornell. Island. I don't know how you've slid it in there. But ooh, I sw- sugar, sugar, <laughs> do, 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 do. I went to Cornell. <laughs> do, 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 do. That's it. That sounds so familiar. Yes. Anyway, the very quick version of the story is, this is a true story, some guy was hiding away on a ship that was full of sugar, was taking sugar uh, on like uh, a tanker full of it. He fell into it and they didn't know he was there because it was closed. He actually got candied over the course of the journey because all of the moisture got sucked out of him. So I imagine the same thing happened to the alien, which is why I keep doubling down on, it was probably delicious and they should have eaten it. Now, one wait, little wait, bite. Wait, wait, wait. You would have eaten that as soon as you got that shipment of aliens. I'll tell you what. This is very much jumping ahead, but my current working theory is that Jughead ate the entire alien and then fell asleep and had weird nightmares. Oh, my God. Why isn't it there in the morning? Because he ate it. It is interesting how much um, the, the, the two pair of gloves, the, the, the two gloves that are sitting there. That feels mm-hmm. very conscientious for some sort of alien thief. Mm-hmm. Well, they could have had, I don't know what they did with the gloves, but I, I just feel that like, first off, how is it when the room and the music starts playing, how does Jughead not immediately know what's going to happen? And then why would anyone in their right mind walk outside to look at the light if you actually think that there's like a possibility that it could be a Mothman alien? How could you not? Would you hide inside? If there was a chance to see aliens, wouldn't you go see the aliens? No, I'd rather live and tell the story about it later, about how I ran away from maybe what could have been aliens. Why do you think aliens are out to get you? What about nice aliens? Yeah. How many? Like like Alf. Alf. Alf ate cats, motherfucker. Do you think that's what happened to Toffee? Now we're getting into some real fan theories. (laughs) 
<laughs> that always pans out well, fan theories, for every single show on television. I honestly, uh, we say a lot of theories, and I don't think I've ever been wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so we go over to Veronica. She teaches the class, explains they can't inject the economy with too much money at the same time, even though they want to do another $10,000. Hiram call, comes in. She very rarely calls him daddy in front of her tech. Oh, class, my God. Which I, I did like that. Uh, and then and then we get another cameo. I don't know if you guys caught on to this one. I didn't catch it the first time through. I did the second and then checked on it. Uh, but a homeless man comes into the fire. Earl. It was Earl. Homeless Earl. He talks Earl. about the fire department has been missing. The guy who plays Earl is also the uninvited from Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Remember the guy, oh, the homeless yes. guy? Yes. With the shopping cart, it's the same actor. His name's Bram Taylor. Dude, and he there is you go. So, not direct crossover, but typecast. Wow. <laughs> dude, if you need a homeless guy, check out Earl. Dude, that guy's got range. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He does. Ironically, he lives in one of the largest multi million dollar mansions in Los Angeles. <laughs> oh, wow. So, as we mentioned, Glenn calls Betty. He doesn't want, he wants her to drop the case of what's going on in Riverdale, specifically because the trash bag killer is back. There are two victims now in Tulsa. Betty is clearly terrified. She flashes back. Oh, she doesn't want, Betty. she says, No, you take care of the trash bag killer. There's no way he'll make his way over to Riverdale. Don't even worry about it. I Since mean, you... <laughs> what about, uh, oh, is that a little worm going into my mouth? I'll take a big old bite because we're yeah. going to get this TBK happening soon. Yes, of course. Uh, she goes over to the swamp. Reggie is there again with his gun, but Reggie kind of relents and thanks to, and this is a legally binding agreement, the cone of silence. Yeah, the yep. cone of silence. Tells her about another body that he found. So as we find out by the end of the episode, there's actually 21 missing oh. girls around the Lonely Highway, and many of them might be in the swamp. Uh, then we go back to the fire. I just want to mention one thing. We kind of ran through the firefighting training. I think one of the cadets' last name was Burns. Yep. That's one of the firefighters, true. Cadet Burns. Okay. Ironic. You know, just he's chasing something he'll never catch. Yeah. Oh, boy. Man runs in. The pool hall is in fire. Earl is in the pool hall. Archie busts in, even though he's specifically been told, don't go in to a fire Wait, wait. Yourself. It was funny the way Archie was like, the guy's like, are you guys a fire department? And Archie was like, not yet. Or he said, like, <laughs> we're working yeah, on it. Sort of. I guess so. Yeah, sort of. I don't know. <laughs> that was funny. Wait, what's my status quo right now? Yeah. It's complicated. Are you guys the fire department? I'm in my 20s. Yeah. We're the fire apartment. That's about <laughs> all we got. So then we go over to Veronica is counting a river dollar. Something is wrong. She calls Hiram. We didn't mention this earlier, but he came into the classroom with a river dollar and kind of threw it in her face. She throws back at him, says, hey, the money doesn't add up. Thinks Hiram is printing his own fake money, which very fun, very confusing back and forth about all of that. And she ends with, as Archie would say, Daddy, you suck. Great. I mean, is there more of a sign that Varchie's back on the table than Veronica quoting Archie to Hiram. And also Hiram mentions, like, why you open Archie over here? And another indication is how Archie looks at Veronica in almost every scene. Okay, where, really picking up on the cues. I yeah, see. I yeah, see. And then her saying, anything for you, Archie. 
And then then later she's being like, but by the way, all your fireman dudes are going to have to pose for a calendar later. That's how we're going to make money. Yeah, Archie, I'm going to need your child fireman to pose nearly nude for a calendar I'm releasing to make money. (laughs) (laughs) To make fake money that I print myself. (laughs) I'm a normal 25. And this is all backed by a fake egg that I've pawned so many times nobody can keep track of. It's a story so, just like everybody else in America. I pawned a weird egg to make nude child calendars. <laughs> <laughs> so then we go story. over. Doctor Curdle examines the new body that they found. It turns out it is Margaret Harper. Her body was pulverized as if with a wrecking ball. He says, but I think more likely a truck, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, I'd be surprised if we're going to get some sort of Wrecking Crew-style um, killer here. Uh, throwing, I think, yes, uh, we're all pointing back to the truck thing. you got to think, Colonel's you... like, Betty, uh, why do you have so many bodies? Who I want bodies. You are uh, so many. Have they not put together the fact that they have a guy in town who loves bodies, and also there's an increasing number of bodies? I feel like there might be a connection there, but then again, probably not. He oh. keeps his nose clean. Curdle just likes to handle the bodies. He doesn't like to dead them. So then we go over to Cheryl's house. She's pretty pissed off about Tony and wants to tell Nana all about it. Also, I think there's a painting of her as a fox that we pad by. I'm not 100% sure about that. Yes, Pete, you're nodding your head. Yeah, I saw it. Uh, it was, okay, I did was, just imagine it. It was not just a fever dream. I think I, I think that's real. I'm pretty sure I saw something of like that. To be fair, it could both be a fever dream and a thing that's in this show. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Miss Marble is there. She discovered that the painting of Jason Blossom was a forgery. Figures they should chat before they call the authorities. Cheryl looks terrified, but I think there's going to be a little more to that Mm -hmm. than we know at the current time. Then we go over to Archie in the hospital. Tom breaks down what's going on with Hiram for Jackson. Yeah, I thought this is another. This is such a great line. Uh, Keller's like. Hiram, yeah, he used to be mayor. Now he's making up a town down the street. Anyway, <laughs> anyway just I'm another. Out of here. Good to see you guys. That's it for me. That's my time. I'll be down at the Chuckle Hut for the next couple of weeks, just <laughs> describing things in this town. Yep. And then we get a line, which I know you guys have not been as bothered by this as I have. But Jackson says, "Man, what the hell were we fighting for over there?" Yeah. Where? Where were they fighting? Oh, Any details on, about be... this war or what's going on? It's, There's some massive world war happening while whatever's happening in Riverdale, and I need to know more about it. Oh my God. We'll get there. Yeah, what, do you want sure. some sort of like Jack Ryan-esque uh, explanation yeah, of for? Archie's uh, days? Or something. <laughs> who are they at war with? I want to know who they're at war with. What's happening? Yeah, it's all Tell on the football field, man. It all happened on the football field. But, I mean, you know, this is where you have the touching bro hug here. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes... You just need a bro hug and you can feel better, you know? Oh, no, that was later on after they fought in the Andrews house. Then they had the bro hug. But we then we go over to Hiram, who is pissed that another body is found. He seems very suspicious of Reggie, which, yes, correct, Hiram. We get an interesting detail here that it seems the Turnpike and the Sodale are a smokescreen for some bigger plan. Yeah. What could that possibly be? I don't know, but like... If you're a highway and building a whole new town or a smoke screen, that's a lot of smoke. That's a lot of yeah. work. Yeah, what what could you possibly? Well, he's like, I'm actually making a moon Riverdale where we live <laughs> on the moon. He's like, okay, I don't know. 
Yeah, it really is enough. It doesn't need to be another bigger, weirder plan. I like the fact that Hiram had a very straightforward plan this time, which was actually very damaging. But yeah. I guess we'll find out whatever it is. It's all a smokescreen for me to do more push-ups. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, he's opening Reggie up a town that's... To be, oh, go ahead, Pete. It's opened up a town that it's all wrestling. It's just a yes. wrestle to survive kind of area. Welcome mm-hmm. to Wrestleton, where every <laughs> night we wrestle. <laughs> uh, Reggie wants them to be heroes instead, and Hiram agrees very easily, which was very surprising. Um, but he agrees to let the Coopers check the swamp for bodies, which is fine. Dream. Um, now, let me Tony, ask you this. In this yeah. moment, is do you think Reggie is secretly uh, on the side of the good here? Are we going to get Reggie to be sort of the insider man? I'm hoping here? Reggie's going to come back to the good side. Maybe some sort of relationship uh, with Veronica, a man Monica situation. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's anything happening like behind the scenes with Reggie, where he's a double agent or anything like that. But I do think everybody coming back to town, he was pretty much left alone, right? Nobody was there, yeah. so he hasn't had this friend group. He hasn't had these people around. All he's had is Hiram to take care of him and train him and steer him in the wrong way. So I do think we're getting that sense of him being. He's a jerk because he's Reggie, and Reggie is always a jerk, but he's a jerk with a heart. Like, he knows what's going on. Yeah, he so. could be a yeah. firefighter. Yeah. I mean, if when your Archie leaves and Hiram becomes your Archie, you're not going to do the right things. There you go. Uh, Jughead, Tony, Betty, and Alice tell Miss Harper that they found Margaret's body. Another sweet, sad scene. She says, at least I can say goodbye. Betty swears they're going to find out who did this. That's a rookie mistake. You never swear to the person's parents that you will definitely find out who did it. I mean, that's... Except they definitely are going to find out. Well, I'm just... We'll see what happens. You don't know. You haven't seen uh, episodes ahead, so you don't know how it works. Sure. Last episode of the season. Well, I guess we never figured out that mystery. Yeah. (laughs) Betty always keeps her promises, unless, of course, it's taking care of her cat that shall remain nameless. Oh, come on. So Jughead comes back to the diner. They got the maple alien from Nana, as we mentioned earlier. It's in a big barrel. And then they take the body out. It's shriveled and gross. They decide they're going to talk to an alien expert. We get our second name reference here, Dr. Diana Whitley, which is a reference to Whitley Stryber, who is the author of Communion and a bunch of other true life counters. He swears that he was kidnapped by aliens and wrote several best-selling books about it. So that's our little reference going on there. Uh, Have you guys ever encountered any sort of alien uh, or any sort of um, dead object in your maple syrup? (laughs) No. Uh, Only a pancake that I killed when I ate it. (laughs) Sick flesh. I think my favorite um, maple syrup encounter was these uh, silver dollar pancakes that I got one time. Really delicious. Uh, so this is Ben Pancake is Corner, guys. <laughs> and send in your favorite pancake stories, just the size and the shape of the pancakes you ate, to uh, <laughs> at Riverdale Dark. Okay, here's here's my theory of what's going on, uh, or at least what's going on. Like, I don't know if Pop is correct that there's some sort of secret military thing going on with the lights and whatever else is happening with that. That's entirely possible. But I do think the Mothmen are uh, inbred backwoods people. And I think we're going to see a twist this season going from aliens to like the hills have eyes, cannibals type things. And that might explain what's going on with the lonely highway and the truckers. 
That's my take there. I think that's a great theory because the trick that Riverdale always successfully pulls on us is like, look at this crazy, glossy, um, like sci-fi, scary thing, and then reveal later that it's just regular people acting insane. Uh, So I do think that's a great call, and that could also play into maybe Hiram's plan. He's trying to get some other piece of land that is occupied by a family of uh, straight-up killers. I don't know if you guys really watched close enough on the show, because when it was Young Pops, there was the scariest-looking monkey playing the cymbals that you have ever seen. That says aliens, okay? And the same song to play, like, I don't know how many years, 30, 40 years later... On the jukebox, I mean that's aliens. You can't. Well, here's what I here's what I'm thinking. Either Jughead he heard Pop's story and then had a similar vision, or he or the diner has been rigged by whoever is the the Mothman um, people to do that when it needs to be done. We have been joking for several seasons now that there's multiple layers to Pops. So what if it is Pop's diner? Underneath it is the white worm, and underneath it is a secret lab where they do experimentation <laughs> that is causing all of these things to happen. What's yeah. underneath that? Oh, oh that's the way. Ice cream store. Uh, let's run people. through the other stuff because we still have a, a lot of other things to talk about in this episode. This is such a packed episode. Uh, Veronica talks to her class. They have to shut down their operation. And then a student is caught literally red-handed. He has red oh, hands. Busted. I mean, that was the joke I think they were going for. Yeah. Uh, and the student, she flunks them all and says they have to work it off. We find that's by cleaning up Sketch Alley, which is very nice. Uh, Jackson, then we get to the scene that you were talking about earlier, Pete. Jackson tells Archie that Earl died. He's going to kill Hiram. Eric had his slot canceled at the, the VA Recuperation Center. Archie gives this great speech about he's lost to, he can't talk to his friends about it. He doesn't know what to do. He's barely staying sane. Maybe if they both stay, maybe if Jackson runs the fire department, they can help keep each other sane together. And then they have that bro hug you were talking about, Pete, which I thought was really nice. It was a beautiful bro hug, man. I mean, that was great. a very I, I'm touching. Just gonna call it, I'm just going to call it a hug. Yeah. Wow. Uh, then wow. Jughead gets kidnapped by aliens, and then after that happens, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just float right yeah. past that. Just past that. that wakes up right. in the booth. What are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, uh, Jughead had a vision. I think I love the shot right out of fire in the sky. Uh, very cool shot. Great stuff. Uh, so something happened to Jughead. We don't know exactly what it is yet, but he woke up there. Tabitha doesn't believe that it's aliens, but the alien is gone, presumably because Jughead ate the whole thing, as we already established. Oh my God. And then we uh, go over to uh, Archie, who says that Weatherby nixed using the RROTC candidates to be on the fire department. Kevin and Fangs want to sign up. Chief Russell comes back. Veronica pulls the in chief. with a vintage fire truck. So they got a fire truck. Parked in a gym that is also a fire department now. Very exciting. Archie it, doing it, all of the jobs. It all checks out. I love the line Archie has like, yeah, Weatherby shut down my child fire department. He was pretty pissed I brought them to a burning building. <laughs> Just solid gold Riverdale. Yes. And then we do get this Archie looks. He looks at Ronnie the way that he used to look at her. I think there's definitely more sparks flying than just the fire that killed Earl. Well, but right. this spark is perhaps even more dangerous than the one that was just a fire, a regular fire one. All right. Yes. 
And then uh, Tony, Tom, Betty, and Alice review the case. They find out there's 21 missing girls along their only highway, and they got to do that. And that's how we end the episode. Now, before we wrap up here, uh, with a, I'm going to blast through one or two of these. We got a lot of tweets and questions from people Wait, online gotta, about the episode. Yeah, what's up, Pete? We, we missed something to talk about, okay? We got to talk about Earl's. Uh, um, unbelievable chemistry. His his he, the way he connects with people. Earl became instant friends with Jackson, and Jackson was willing to go and murder another man because of the fire that he was involved in. And I, I just think that like we're just skipping past the magic that is homeless Earl here. All right, it's hard to make a murder friend so quickly. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I... Like obviously, we're all. Three How many of us friends a, would you a, hear about their death and immediately go to murder somebody? We obviously we have a murder-based friendship, the sure. three of us. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if did you do one. you have any problems, Pete, with the fact that he is an Eldrick terror? <laughs> no, I mean I'm, you know, people's baggage and things that they bring into mm-hmm. a relationship. You know, it's what they do in that relationship that matters. People can change. I agree. Speaking of changing, <laughs> we're going to change topics and talk through a couple of these questions and letters that folks sent in real quickly. This one was from Jonathan on email at comicbookclublive at gmail.com. Uh, feel free to write us whatever. We love hearing from you all. Archie told Jackson that none of his friends would understand what he's going through, but we know Betty would if they just opened up to each other. I thought going into the time jump, they would bond over their trauma PTSD issues. And with this line, it looks like that's where the writers are going with the relationship. What do you guys think oh that's Mm. a very astute way to pick that up i think that's a great idea Uh, and i part of me agrees with him but something about archie does seem hesitant to kind of break the hey we're just friends with benefits kind of thing you know what i mean like he isn't really kind of opening up around betty he does seem like there is something being held back there well, but to me, I think he knows Betty's not going to go for it. And so he's trying his I mean, it's the thing Archie's the worst at is holding back big feelings. But he's trying so hard to be like, yeah, I'm cool. With just having the most passionate sex of my life in a, in a shower and then just saying, see you not this episode, but one maybe down the line. Let's go over to this tweet. This is from The Real G. Keen. The Cheryl Dance Contest was a fun callback to season one. What other season one references would you like to see? Oh, man. Wow. Season one. It's hard to separate the seasons of this show in my mind. (laughs) The show has become a big blur of like prison, secret prison gym, bear wrestling, scrambled eggs, chasing. uh, Yeah, I guess. Go ahead. I, I would. I would like to see maybe you know Archie getting back to his music roots somehow. You know, that was a fun thing in season sure. one. Sure. I mean, one uh, thing that it looks like we're kind of going to get a different riff on is next week's episode is called, and this is not a reference to one of our favorite comics of all time, though it does have the same name, Lock and Key. It seems that they're all going to have some sort of a key party. Which is crazy, but Cheryl holds it, and that definitely seems to be a reference to the first episode when they had Cheryl at the party in her house. Yes. Varchi ended up kissing for the first time because of Spin the Bottle, or was it Truth or Dare? I actually don't remember. I was going to say Seven Minutes in Heaven, but um, oh, I yeah, think... They, seven Minutes in Heaven, that's what it was. Uh, but I think we're going to get like a riff on that in Subway next episode. Yeah, Ooh. I think that's a good call. Um, I mean, getting back to... Uh, just that 
really feeling the tension between for so many of the seasons, so many of the episodes we've seen in the last few seasons, the relationships have been a little bit settled. And the fact that we may be getting back to a place where we really don't know what's happening. I think that's mm-hmm. exciting. And we haven't gotten there yet, but it does feel like it's right on the border. This is from at summer W six one three. I really love that Betty and Reggie had a one-on-one scene. I've always wanted them to be friends. What do you guys think? Have you ever seen that connection between Betty and Reggie? I hadn't. And I got to say the fact that Reggie was sort of softened when he saw that it was Betty, I was sort of like surprised and it really, really made me like, like Reggie uh, in that moment. Yeah. It Um, gave me hope for Reg, which I do like this idea. I really hope that Reg uh, comes back over. Are you saying you want to see uh, some sort of veggie situation? No, no. I'm just saying that, like, it would be nice if maybe Reggie was given some kindness. He wouldn't have to hang out with psychopaths. Mm. Interesting. He did have that large sandwich. That was very nice of Hiram to probably buy that for him, I assume. Mm. His, oh his true love. His true love is the uh, the double stack Subway Club, uh, I believe. Barchi Jarchi on Twitter says, literally, how can this Mothman alien storyline be explained in non-supernatural terms? I think we offered up at least one theory on that. But I think the bigger thing to take away here is Riverdale, like you were saying, Justin, is always going to skirt up against this line of the supernatural. But I don't think it's ever going to cross it. Yeah. And I think that's smart. That's what's exciting is that they can take us to this place and then slowly walk they us back had to be like. bear fighting. All right, guys. Don't think that the show's above. That's not supernatural, Pete. I've. I'm not saying it is, but I'm saying they've gone to crazy town and fought a bear. So, like, don't think they're above being, like, you know, uh, doing alien stuff because they're not. I've encountered a bear. I've encountered a bear. I just didn't fight it. Good for you. I'm not Archie. Couple other quick ones, and then we'll wrap up here. This is from SSABA says. So I read this very amazing theory on Tumblr, which said Chad could be the one to reveal the Barchi affair. It looks like he is spying on both Archie and Veronica, and when Archie will stop Chad, and then he will reveal if it's true. This is going to be a great twist. What do you think? Does Chad know about Barchi at this point? I don't want any more Chad. I just want. He's back next episode, baby. I know. I just. It was so fun without him this episode. It was so nice. I like Chad in the mix. I think he brings, especially if we're going to get more um, Varchi um, uh, cutie eyes at each other, like having Chad there intercepting them, I think is uh, super fun. And I do think it's definitely in his uh, world to, to reveal that to Veronica and blow up the whole thing. Two last ones here. This is from It's Unknown Says, make AC Bonifacio an appearance to your show again. That would be viral again for sure. Not our show, but... Sure, yeah, she uh, people really responded to her on the show, and I think it would be fun to bring her back again. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And last one, this is from R. Hensela. What do you think will happen with Choni? Choni, I keep doing that, at the key party. Uh, do you think they will kiss? Do you think they will get back together in next week's, oh. whether it's at the party or during a different part of the episode? Please. Do you think they do it that quickly? I it's don't too think painful so. to watch them fight, please. I think what we... We, we're so far away. I mean, despite the, the stuff that happened this episode, I think we're far away from Tony revealing what her sort of plan is to draw Cheryl out. We got to deal with um, this baby. And I, I think 
I think Cheryl needs to realize over time just how much Tony's been doing to keep the town going, to keep all of the, everything that they love about Riverdale happening, and Cheryl just walked away from it. So I think they need to sort of – Cheryl needs to chase Tony is what I think. Sorry, that's a long yeah. way of saying I think it's going to go that way as opposed to Tony chasing uh, Cheryl. Yeah, I think – Earlier in the time jump, I would have thought, yes, 508 is the one where it's all going to happen. They're going to have a Shoddy Raid kiss or whatever is going to happen there. But I think instead, we're going to see, like you're saying, Justin, a breaking point between them. Something no. where, t- well, where Tony says, no, listen, you got to figure shit out, Cheryl. I've taken you as far as you can go. You got to bring it the rest of the way. You got to meet me. I think we'll probably get some sort of speech like, I will always love you. I never stop being in love with you. But figure this out, sort this out, and then we'll kind of move on from there, leading to, I'm sure, some sort of reunion before the season is over. Yes, and I think we'll get a big nod to that um, in the last episode before the break. We have a break coming up that is hard to think about. Oh. Yes. Don't don't even get me started on that. And thank you to all of you who wrote in. I'm sorry that we only got to a couple of the tweets. There were a ton of them online, and we really always appreciate yeah, talking to all of you and us. hearing from you. You all are awesome. And that's it. If you'd like to support our show, Patreon. Oh, no, wait. We didn't do MVP for the episode. Let's do that oh real quick. Gosh. I keep blasting past that. Oh, bit. my gosh. Justin, who is your MVP? Um, I mean, I'm, I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm sort of the guy from the jump who's uh, like Betty all day, air day. Um, so <laughs> I, I would normally say that, but I'm going to jump. I'm going to give it, despite the, obviously no Barchi this episode, absence makes the heart grow fonder. I'm here for it. So don't let me get back away from that. The my the feeling is real, but um, I'm going to get up to Veronica this episode. I thought she had Ooh. a great episode, like uh, running the econ class and her sort of subtle nods to to Archie um, uh, that she's still whether it's friendship or whatever she's still like here for him, and it was nice to see. Pete, what about you? Well, since I thought he was going to take mine and I was going to say Tony, uh, I'm now going to say uh, Betty all day or day. But Betty, wise up, okay? And because Jughead is struggling and he needs some help. Speaking of which, my pick is Jughead. I love this Jughead storyline. This Strughead. YouTube. His name's Strughead. <laughs> <laughs> Struggle. The, the way struggle Cole Strauss is playing it just as this sad sack weirdo in a very different <laughs> way. It's so much fun. I'm enjoying the scenes. The Mothman storyline is weird, and they're treating it as weird. I like seeing him and Tabitha together. I think they're fun as a duo investigating things. It's great. And plus all of the self-reflexive stuff, pointing out how ridiculous the entire show is. Always fun. Always welcome. This is really it. If you want to support us, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Riverdale or really whatever you want to talk about. Anything. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and follow and listen to the show. On iTunes in particular, please leave us a rating and a comment. We'd love to see those. Uh, at Riverdale after on Twitter at Riverdale Dark. Wait, no, I did that wrong. At Riverdale Dark on tw- I don't know something. Check it out on Twitter <laughs> and Instagram and Facebook. Just go there; it's fine. Oh, where where are you at, Cornell? Get back to that food safety class. You're yeah, <laughs> food safety class. All right, don't eat the expired milk. 
Don't eat the old milk, Ivy League. (laughs) (laughs) Comicbookclublive.com for this and more. Uh, We'll see you next time on Riverdale After Dark. Hashtag Strughead. Get out there. Be real. So I just uh, go just deep right here. (laughs) Oh, stop. (laughs) 